Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, today, it's cell physiology and your immune system. I know, uh, there's only about like five nerds out there that are going, yeah, baby, this is cell physiology. Okay, we're going to do a talk on totally, on uh, to nerd you out um, later on. But this, there's a vaccine coming out for the COVID-19. Actually, there's about four or five different companies that want that billion, uh, $7 billion world market, which will net them trillions and trillions of dollars. Not as much as um, everybody giving rights of bodily autonomy, because that's not going to be just one time, one shot for one virus. No, this is the rest of your life you're giving up your rights to. Um, but just to give you some perspective, okay, and this is out of the Time magazine. They did an um, article. Now, listen to the title. Hospitals overwhelmed by flu patients and treating them in tents. Um, and this goes back to 19 or 2017 and 2018. I, I know it's hard to think way back like two years ago. Um, but if you knew this, and I'm going to read some quotes from this article, that um, correlate with the day. Now, there really were hospitals being overwhelmed. And why is that? Well, is the hospital um, a governmental institution that only takes care of sick people? Or are they businesses designed to generate a profit by um, dispensing pharmaceutical products and services? Okay, so let's look at it a little bit different. We have a population that is 60% of our adults have a chronic illness or disease, and 54% of our kids have a chronic illness or disease. And so you're looking at um, tens of millions or hundreds of millions, actually in this country, hundreds of millions of people that have a chronic injury or illness. So this is a big deal. The hospitals don't have a shitload of empty beds because if they did, they wouldn't be turning a profit. So let me read some quotes from 2017 to 2018. Extraordinary measures, asking staff to work overtime, setting up triage tents, restricting friends and family visits, canceling elective services, to name a few. We are pretty much at capacity. The volume is certainly different from previous flu seasons. Uh, Quote, I've been in practice for 30 years. It's been a good 15 to 20 years since I've seen flu-related illness scenarios like we've had this year. Um, His hospital is managing, but just barely, uh, keeping up with the increased number of six patients in the last three weeks. The hospital's urgent care centers have been inundated, and its outpatient clinics have no appointments available. We had to treat patients normally where we wouldn't, like in recovery rooms. The emergency room was very crowded with both sick patients who needed to be admitted and some that just needed to be seen and given Tamiflu. Um, surge tents have been set up outside of emergency uh, areas. Every patient in the hospital has the flu. It's making their pre-existing conditions worse. More and more patients are needing mechanical ventilation due to respiratory failure from the flu and other rampant upper respiratory infections. Yeah, okay, those are all quotes from just two years ago. So I was in a Home Depot buying some stuff for a friend's farm. And, and, you know, you got to have the chin warmers on. And, you know, they yelled at me three, four times to cover my nose, and I told them it was. Okay, let's, let's look at reality. When I was in Home Depot, 
um, this checker was actually asking me, um, so what are you guys doing? And I says, well, you know, I'm a chiropractic neurologist. I'm, you know, getting some stuff. We're working on a farm. And, um, and we started to talk about this. And I said, because you need to have an elevator speak, something that you can concise um, your thoughts into about 30 seconds or less. And this was it. Um, well, this supposed pandemic, um, everyone has more than a 99% recovery rate, and 80% of the people that get this actually recover with little to no symptoms. So your risk of dying from this is very, very low. And the thing with wearing a face diaper, and this is, again, me talking to a guy in Home Depot, this is a Petri dish. When you're breathing out, you're breathing out a heck of a lot more stuff than just carbon dioxide. So this is weakening your immune system, weakening your immune system response, and adding stress. So um, he was surprised, asked me where I'm getting the information, and asked my, for my contact info. So I gave it to him. But, but this is literally coming from the CDC. And then he even asked me, he says, well, what about the 300,000 people that have died? And I said, well, if you look at the CDC, they said, what's the difference between dying from COVID or dying with COVID? So if you're dying from it, healthy individual, running around strong, good immune system, earn this virus, okay, because remember, it can infect 100% of the people 100% of the time, there's a susceptibility factor, okay, you get an Olympic athlete with perfect organic diet, great sleep, and very low stress, they're, they're not going to get this flu virus or the uh, COVID-19 and succumb, okay, that's not what the statistics show. So dying from a disease, you have to have 2.3 comorbid conditions, according to the CDC. So what are those comorbid conditions? Well, you know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you know, like all the other chronic illnesses. And so they revised their number, and they said they were around 94% off. So instead of 300,000, it looks like around, um, or 300,000 deaths, it looks like it's around 18,000 in the ballpark. Now, that isn't even accurate. And again, I'm talking to this guy at Home Depot relaying this information. And I said, do you realize that 7,700 people die every day in America? And that's what happens when you get, you know, 330 million people in one country. And of that, 2.8 million people die every year normally. So even if you take the inflated 300,000 number, that's less than 10% of normal deaths. So, you know, why is all of this stuff going on? Well, we're going to go get into that because uh, if you know about the new vaccine, and we're going to cover the cell mechanics on this. Now, um, it's interesting, and this is from the cdc.gov. They call it about uh, preservative. Um, now, this vaccine is unique because patients are asking me, well, how can we detox it? Now, this vaccine doesn't contain preservatives, thermosol, antibiotics, or adjuvants. See, all of these things are designed to preserve dead tissue inside of it. This is a manufactured structure. 
Now, now what I mean by that, it's called an mRNA or messenger RNA. Now, according to the CDC, um, their interim considerations is really the potential for managing anaphylaxis or an immune system response to this. Now, they talk about how, um, quote, anaphylaxis is an acute, potentially life-threatening, serious allergic reaction um, to any component of the Pfizer vaccine. Now, uh, end of quote. When you look at this, one of their precautions, if you have an allergy to any ingredient in the Pfizer vaccine, uh, then you should be cautious with using it. Now, you might say, well, what's what's the deal with this Pfizer vaccine? Well, for one, uh, it's has to be shipped at negative 70 degrees centigrade. So this is packed in dry ice. If you warm it up to refrigerator temperature, it maintains its integrity for about five days. At room temperature, it has to be at room temperature less than two hours before you inject it. You cannot refreeze it. It's impossible. And each vial has around five um, shots in it. Now, they'd ask you not to shake it. See, in a typical vaccine, you've got infected tissue, then you have these adjuvants, some type of preservative, and things to decrease bacterial growth. So you'll see polysorbate 80, you'll see antibiotics in there, you'll see polypropylene glycol. You're going to see a lot of different things in there because you have living or used to be living tissue inside of that area. And, and since it's now dead tissue, um, it's going to be attracted to that decay process. So you have to arrest the decay process and then inject it into the person. This is totally different. You have a, a foreign messenger RNA, which is, um, if you look at the, the um, DNA, DNA looks like a ladder that's twisted, and it's called a double helix. Well, if you split that DNA in half, and just to get a little section of it, that's called RNA, okay? And mRNA means it's a messenger RNA. So it's, it's actually allowing, it's how the body um, produces itself. See, you're a protein-producing machine, and your cells can produce a protein that causes cancer, and your cells can eliminate a protein that um, uh, causes cancer. So you can create or eliminate cancer. And this is also how you create your, your body. You take proteins and break them to amino acids. You take fats and break them to fatty acids. And you take carbohydrates and the usable sugars. Well, this technology is totally different. They're creating a foreign protein sequence called a messenger RNA. Now, they have to get this into your cells. And here's the challenge. They, they wrap it in a lipid layer or fat layer. Now, when you inject this into your skin, there's super, super dense tissue. And there's a huge amount of like propioglycans, which is like a bunch of different sugars because your body has lymph, you've got dense tissue in there. You don't have a lot of space in your skin, particularly where the, um, where the needle's going in. So you have to protect your messenger RNA from the immune system. Now, when you shove this in muscular tissue and squirt it in there, uh, it's going to get some in the, the interstitial tissue. It's going to get some in the muscle. It'll get some in the fascia. 
Some of it's going to be drifting into the, the lymph system or the blood system. There's going to be a lot of different reactions. And then immune system cells, such as macrophages, can recognize this fat, little globulate of fat floating around in there, and they can chew it up, um, eliminate it, or create a response. So all of that has to happen. So um, in order to get the, this protein inside of your cells. Now, now you've got to figure some of this is going to be in your bloodstream. Some of it's going to be in the tissue. If it's just in the local tissue, it'll cause redness inflammation. And that's a response by your immune system. It's called an inflammatory response. If, if your immune system response, if some of this breaks down and gets in your lungs, you're going to have respiratory issues or an immune system response. That's why they're saying they're seeing a lot of allergies to the shot. Well, it's not really the shot. It's really the proteins in the shot. And that's what an allergy is. It's an abnormal recognition of a foreign protein. Now, so that's why all of these, that it's so, so sensitive and so unstable uh, to maintain the integrity of that stability. It, it's, this is why it's got to be held at 70 degrees C because that um, basically makes it inert. Um, it can be at refrigerator temperature for about five days, at room temperature less than two hours. So it's a really, really complex structure because you need that fat layer around it strong enough to defend against all of the immune system properties but then that, that it has to be in, um, brought into the cell cytoplasm, which is, which is like, remember that picture from high school where you got that circle, which is the cell, and then you have the nucleus, and then you have the Golgi apparatus, and you have the mitochondria. Well, where the mitochondria and Golgi apparatus is, that's called the cytoplasm. And this is where you want to get this little foreign viral protein sequence inside of that cell so the cell can reproduce itself. Now, one of the problems with this is um, suppression. And when you're looking at, and we're going to nerd out on this on the Dr. B VIP side, when you get um, scientists talking about gene suppression, because you get a foreign protein anywhere in the body, the body's going to knock it out. So you have to suppress the intracellular mechanisms of how um, the immune system is. And so you want that, that protein that you're in, injecting to be drawn into the cell. That's where that fat covering is. But once it gets into the cytoplasm, the fat covering has to go off, and then you have that messenger RNA. And that's going to tell the cell to produce this foreign protein. So that's right. The technology behind this is that your cells are going to be producing a foreign protein. Because remember, you're a protein-producing machine. You can produce a protein that causes cancer. You can produce a protein that eliminates cancer. And so you produce these proteins to build muscle, to um, build lung tissue, to build mucus in your membranes. You, you're producing this all the time based on response to the environment. Okay, and that's, that's the key. Well, now this technology is going to have your cells produce a foreign protein. And then you're going to see these proteins sticking out of a standard human cell. And what's supposed to happen is these other immune system cells are going to recognize that, that protein 
and that sticking out of your normal cell and develop an antibody towards that or an immune system response beyond the antibodies. So you're causing your cell to produce a foreign piece of RNA. It sticks out of your own cells, and your immune system recognizes and builds a response to that. Okay? So I, ju I just want you to, to own that. Now, when... <laughs> I know what you're saying now. What could possibly go wrong? Well, this is why people are getting allergies, because what's an allergy? It's an abnormal recognition of a foreign protein. And, and if you think about it, allergies have exploded in our country. Why? Well, maybe because uh, if you're 18 years old or under, um, that you've had 72 doses of 17 different vaccines all of which can contain foreign protein. Okay, so we're sensitizing the immune system to this. But this technology causes your own cells to produce a foreign protein. And that's going to cause a tremendous um, rise in allergies. And that's one of the contraindications. They say, well, what can, um, what is the indication and what's the contraindication? for uh, the vaccine or for vaccine recipient. Well, do you know what the main one is? Okay, if you're allergic to the vaccine or its contents. Well, this is a brand new vaccine, so you don't know if you're allergic to it until you get it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the, these are healthcare professionals. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, a brand new novel vaccine that's never been introduced into the humans. It's been studied for eight full weeks. Yeah, that's right. Eight weeks. So let's get into this. Eight weeks this study has been studied. And what do they say? And this is off the CDC site. Um, side effects may include fever, headache, and muscles. No significant safety concerns were identified in the clinical trials uh, for eight weeks. Okay. Now, why do they sit eight weeks? Well, because that's, you know, the time that they had for the study. Got to rush this to the market. Well, according to the CDC site, um, manufacturers began clinical trials, um, uh, began, manufacturing began while clinical trials were still underway. Okay, let, let me explain that again. You got a clinical trial of a vaccine, but since you want to sell this vaccine, or actually um, sell it to the governments and sell it to the people around the world, you want to have the product available. Now, since you don't have the five or ten years to develop this new technology and run it through all the different um, processes of safety, uh, you want to start manufacturing it. So you have a product that you're testing to see if it's safe and efficacious. You stop the trials at, at eight weeks. Now, the trials stopped at eight weeks are are you would think that you'd want to see if there needs to be changes in that product that they're testing. But no, the manufacturing um, was going on during the testing. Now, if you get this vaccine to wear a mask, stay six feet away from each other, avoid crowds, um, follow the CDC travel guidance. So if you think, and this is according to the CDC, that you will go back to normal after getting this, uh, no. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Uh, 
Now let's go on the reaction so far. Now from the CDC, in the first five days of putting this COVID vaccine out there in America, there were 112,807 doses recorded with 3,150 health impacts. Now a health impact, and that's a one in 36 rate, a health impact that they are saying is defined as, quote, unable to perform, to perform daily activities, unable to work, and required care from a doctor or healthcare profession. So 112 doses, 112,000 doses, 3,100 health impacts, and 3,100, and remember, this is only five days, so you're looking at the acute response. There is no gauge of long-term responses. So if you're just looking at an acute um, injury, which is what you're looking at within the first five days, let's say just for the heck of it that according to this study, which was 2.8% of the recipients developed a problem within the first five days. Do you realize with 330 million people, that'll be nearly a million people are going to have um, problems. But now there's no long-term data from, from effects of it. Now, what are the possible lists of outcomes that they're looking for with this? Well, paralysis, transverse myelitis, swelling of the brain, convulsions, seizures, stroke, narcolepsy, uh, heart attacks, inflammation of the heart, autoimmune diseases, death, pregnancy and birth outcomes, demyelinating diseases, non-anaphylactic allergic responses, um, arthritis, arthralgia, Kawasaki's disease, and multi-inflammatory syndrome in children. And now, when you're, again, when you're looking at that, you, you might say, well, how, who's, who's monitoring it? What's the risk, list, or risk of the person and the disease? Well, here's uh, the UK government comes up with some great information. Children. Now remember, this is going to be injected in everyone. Okay, they want to get the children population, so they're trying to do 16 year olds old and and over, but they want to really get it like the flu shot, which is six months old. You're injecting a flu shot into a child. Let's look at their risk of disease. According to UK government, children quote fewer than five percent of COVID cases are among children. And in general, they appear to exhibit mild forms, although cough and fever are the main symptoms. Preliminary evidence suggests that not only do children have a lower susceptibility to SARS-CoV-2 infection, but they are also unlikely to be key drivers of transmission at a population level. Whoa, isn't that interesting? So that means that they are not really at risk of this disease, you know, at least 95% are not going to even catch it. And there have been, out of the entire world, about four times the amount of death rates from the flu than there have been from the COVID assigned. And they are not key drivers of transmission at a population level. However, they have found that multi-system inflammatory disease uh, has been described in children admitting during the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic temporarily associated with respiratory syndrome. So they're seeing these Kawasaki disease from other kids now, or in our kid population. Now, 
it's interesting when you think of that because this is we're looking at a highly vaccinated population. Uh, what they the government is also recommending that you do not, uh, if you own a health clinic, vaccinate your entire staff because they in they're saying that some of the staff are going to have a negative response. How do we know that? Well, I mean, in the first five days, you're looking at 3,000 health impacts where these people are unable to perform daily activities, unable to work and require um, attention of a healthcare professional. Now, pregnant women and neonates, um, let me see, this is the UK, quote, evidence to date regarding the risk of pregnant women and neonates following the SARS-CoV-2 infection is conflicting. Early studies did not suggest an increase in uterine transmission, nor any worsening clinical presentation compared to non-pregnant adults. Let me translate that in English. If a pregnant woman gets the, the SARS-CoV-2 infection, uh, it doesn't transfer into the child, and they don't have any worsening clinical uh, presentation compared to non-pregnant adults. That means they have a 99% recovery rate, and the 80% of the time they get infected, they recover without any problems. And here's another study. Quote, um, a more recent systemic review, systematic review suggested that pregnant women are less likely to manifest the SARS-CoV-2 symptoms such as fever, cough, and, but may require support intensive care. Severe body and severe infection in pregnancy was associated with increased maternal age, high body mass index, pre-existing diabetes, and chronic hypertension. So that means that healthy pregnant women are just like healthy pregnant humans, and their their baby is not at risk. Now you might say, well, well, why don't we just start uh, injecting them? You can't do that because um, there's. It, it, think it's unknown. It's unknown technology. It's unknown technology. The UK government goes on because there's so much. No vaccine's ever been produced like this. Now, it, it lets, they go on to state, here, listen to this part. Although no data for co-administration of the COVID vaccine with other vaccines exist. Let me read that again. No data for the co-administration of COVID-19 vaccine with other vaccines exists. In the absence of such data, first principles would suggest that interference between inactivated vaccines with different antigenic content is likely to be limited. So they're just saying, is there any evidence that you get the flu vaccine along with COVID vaccine, along with your DPT, along with this and that, um, they're saying they have no data, no data, so we don't know. That's that's how scientists say they don't know. We have no data, um, and they're saying that the interaction is likely to be limited. We have no data, and it's likely to be this. There is no evidence of any safety concerns, although it may make the attribution to any adverse events more difficult. No kidding. So with no data. They're assuming that if you get another shot with it, that it's likely to be limited. And then you don't need to get the shot if you're allergic to the ingredients. Now, the ingredients are a fat layer surrounding a mRNA foreign protein 
that's never been injected into the human body. Now, it's injected into very dense tissue, muscle tissue, skin, everything up there. It has this protein layer around it to limit the immune system response so that, that, that RNA package inside, that little strip of protein that, that your body has to produce, survives the immune system response but then it gets accepted inside of the cell cytoplasm, and then the body will recognize this, but it suppresses certain gene expression, and, and it's a gene suppressor technology. Now, you might say, well, if you're suppressing one gene and the cell is still producing a protein, aren't you altering gene expression? Yes, you are. Where's the data on that? Well, we've got eight weeks of it. Okay, for a disease that has a 99% recovery rate or not death rate at any age level, and if you actually catch it, you have an 80% chance of living and, not, and just having mild to no symptoms. This is time we take back our world. We take it back. Um, this is an experiment worldwide. You are not getting just the shot to go back because I just read that the CDC says you will not go back to normal. You get this experimental shot that's been tested for eight weeks that has a massive allergy response. So we're looking at about a 2.8% negative response in the first five days of administration. Okay, this is insane. We need to fire the government, take charge of your health, know that you are built in the image and likeness of God. You're designed to live on this planet, and you do not need an authority injecting a foreign substance in your system that's experimental and that nobody knows how it's actually going to respond to your body. But don't worry. You don't need to get it if you're allergic to the ingredients, and the ingredients are brand friggin' new. This is Dr. John Bergman, your voice of sanity in this insane world. Take the face diaper off. Hug your relatives. Let's have Christmas, and, and God bless you. This will all be on tonight with data that you can share. God bless you. I love you, and Merry Christmas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.